Hello, I'm Adam and welcome to Tales from the Potting Bench, a gardening podcast where you'll hear tales and stories from the most interesting and different people from the world of both indoor and outdoor gardening. This season is sponsored by the wonderful people at PlantGrow, producers of award-winning organic fertilisers made with zero chemicals. Great for your garden and even greater for the planet. This episode is one for the houseplant fans as I'm joined by the plant rescuer, Sarah Gerard-Jones. Sarah has become known for her near-miraculous resurrections of plants long forgotten by their owners. Keep listening to find out just how much light your plants need and a plant rescuer exciting bit of news exclusive to Tales from the Potting Bench. For anyone that is not familiar with you right now, who are you and what is it that you do? I'm Sarah Gerard Jones and I am a houseplant enthusiast and author of the book The Plant Rescuer, the book your houseplants want you to read. I also have an Instagram account of the same name, which is at The Plant Rescuer. And a TikTok, of course. Mm, well, let's not talk about that. It's not going <laughs> so well. <laughs> oh, it is. It is. You were it's like a an slow burn. Match. It's a slow burn. Yeah. You know what? I know where I am with Instagram, but mm. I haven't quite worked out TikTok yet. It's a different crowd over there. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? I do. I definitely do. I think it was, I was one of the people that kind of coaxed you into doing that, I think, wasn't I? You did. I kind of hate you for it, Adam. I know. Well, I know. Now, more of my time is spent down this wormhole of social media. Yeah, I know. You don't need any encouragement for that. You don't need another platform for that, do you? Exactly. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it was me and Ben, wasn't it? The Worcester Terraria. Ben yeah. from yeah, Ben yeah. with 1.1 million followers and me with about 7,000, so <laughs> no comparison there. <laughs> oh yeah, but he's been doing it for forever. Anyway, so the plant rescuer, that's got a, quite a ring to it. How long, was it Instagram where you kind of came up with that moniker, I suppose? Yeah, and you know, I never intended any of this to happen. I kind of just fell into this, really. I was at a local DIY shop and I was there to buy some paint and I happened upon uh, some of the members of staff and they were binning orchids that had stopped flowering right. and it just really stopped me in my tracks and I was like wow those plants are just midway through their life cycle and they're being thrown away because they basically don't look perfect anymore so I asked if I could take them home and I came back with a car full of uh, non-flowering orchids let's say and um yeah with some bit of research I got them to reflower and I just wanted to kind of document that and I thought well Instagram's a good place to do that so I started showing uh plants as they looked when I bought them and then how they looked you know a few months down the line with some basic care and that's how the plant rescuer started really so and this was put- about that Six years ago now. That's what I was going to say. How long ago was that? Six years. Yeah, yeah, it's quite a long time, right? I'm a bit jaded now. I've been on it too long. <laughs> no. But how, how did that... So did you... Were you particularly botanical before that? Had you already started uh, kind of your horticultural career? Or was that... What did you do before well, that? Well, um, so, well, I'm a picture researcher by trade. That uh, means finding photography for newspapers and magazines. But actually my love of nature I've always had um, from I think from my grandfather really he was a forester and a groundsman for an, um, an estate in Scotland 
and I, I remember spending a lot of my childhood in his garden which was small but it was packed full of vegetables and he had bees and I spent a lot of time with him and I think my love of nature came from there mm. so I guess when I left home and I went to uni I started putting plants in my house then house plants because I didn't have a garden uh, the plants came inside obviously so um, yeah, since since a young age, I've been interested in plants. Um, but yeah, like I say, it wasn't until I went to this uh, local DIY shop that I became interested in rescuing plants, not just mm. buying the healthy plants, but buying the ones that needed a bit more TLC. It, I found it really rewarding when those orchids flowered again. Yeah, and that's it's, what it's all the more rewarding. Journey. That's it. Yeah, so that was right. six years ago. Have you still got those orchids? Yes, yeah, and they still bloom every year, most of them. I mean, some I lost, 80%, I'd say, I still have, or some I've given away, but, yeah, they all bloomed again. And it was such a great feeling that it was addictive. You couldn't yeah. stop. Yeah. I couldn't stop. And, and uh, you know, at peak plant, I was at about 200 rescue plants. You know, I just could not stop. They were just coming in on a daily basis. It was just like I was obsessed. I needed to find these plants before they got thrown in the bin. But and were they all in the house at that point? Yeah, yeah. And my husband and my daughter were like, "This has got to stop because we can't even move or go to the toilet or cook our meals." <laughs> so, yeah, you know, as soon as they recovered, I started sort of giving away to friends and and then some charities and things like that. So, yeah, I could still bring in more, but I had to get rid of some. And have they have they ended up following you on the journey? with plants are they planty or um, no I'm really disappointed in my daughter I have to say she's 15 now and she has literally zero interest in plants <laughs> but like I was uh, I posted on Instagram today this office that I'm in currently is my husband's work from home office and he like took it upon himself to put a grow light up and he took some of my plants and I was like wow this is yeah. rubbing off him now yeah <laughs> I, I suppose that working from home, then he's appreciating that kind of additional um, bit of something to a working from home space, I, I imagine. Yeah, it's just it just creates a nicer environment to be in, I think, mm. having plants around you. If I go to a house with no plants, I think this is weird. Odd, isn't it? I, yeah. 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 Even just one. Like everyone like should have home. a monstera, shouldn't they? Everyone should. Everyone. I mean, right. even my parents back in the 70s had a monstera. And yeah which grew its uh, aerial roots under the carpet. Do you know, I heard Jane Perrone talking about this. Funny, we mentioned Jane Perrone earlier when we were talking before we started. And I remember her sharing hers and it had started to kind of root under the skirting board, I think. They do that. They're looking, they're just looking for that extra water or nutrients or something. And they can be really kind of aggressive in, yeah. in what they do. Like my, this one in my parents' house grew to the ceiling and was in the skirting boards and the floorboards. So actually, sadly, they got rid of it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I bet that was a beast, wasn't it? I know. I've just got, I've got memories of it being just this incredible plant. And if, oh, if it was around today, if only, yeah. You'd have rescued it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, definitely. I just think some of your rescues are amazing. I think we, we, you know, we obviously started with what uh, small kids in a in a DIY shop, but some 
of yours that you post online have got some amazing kind of stories and the people like behind them really and the the it's the it's the odd ones that I see that I think that are fantastic that really kind of capture my imagination that you're just walking past I don't know a house whatever and you've seen it's one that you've seen in the window for years and you really wanted to rescue some of those are just incredible aren't they I know yeah people think I'm rude for doing that you know they say oh don't you you know you're taking away somebody's plant, but but I can see that it needs a better life. Mm-hmm. So the one you're talking about was in a local yoga hall. And it has there was a window in this yoga hall. And I've lived here for you know over 15 years. And I think for the past seven years, I've passed this yoga hall and I've seen this yucca in the window declining in health. And it really bothered me. And then it, it kind of was on the verge of like not looking like it was going to survive. So I just yeah. thought, you know what? I've got nothing to lose by asking if I can come in and take a look at the plant and maybe offer to care for it. And they said yes, which was great. And and actually they were looking for a new home for it anyway. So I feel like I did them a favor. You did. And uh, yeah. that that yucca now is just living its best life. It looks fabulous. It's Where like is a, that? Is that in the house or is that in the glass house? Oh, it's downstairs. Yeah, it's in the house because it can't live out in the winter. But mm. it it must be about eight foot tall, but it's kind of at a right angle. It looks like a huge bonsai because actually it's grown towards the window. So, you know, plants are amazing like that, right? Yeah. So it, it has to be, it's got a sling to support it because it can't support itself because the way it's angled. Yeah, sure. But, um, it really is looking great now. And people say, aren't you going to give that back to them? But what I did was I bought them some new plants and gifted them in return. So, oh, nice. That's so nice. Yeah. I didn't know you didn't. You yeah. did that. Do you do that with, with most oh. of the ones that, you, that you'll rescue? Yeah. Yeah, of course yeah or if I've got a plant that I think I can give them I, I'll give them that and you know we do a kind of swap thing there was one though I rescued from a gym now they're not getting any more plants because they thought the plant they had was a fake I mean <sighs> seriously they had never watered it because they thought it was fake how can you think a plant that looks half dead is fake yeah right. make half dead looking plants <laughs> what was it it was again a yucca, yucca. and I, and, you know, I saw this, I saw this yucca like once a week when I went to the gym, and again I saw it declining in health. I was like, oh man, this is not right. So I asked them if I could take it. Yeah, but they, they're not getting any plants back because no. they cannot be trusted. They cannot be trusted. No. They don't deserve it. They absolutely don't. They don't. You see, some people they just look at plants as decor, but actually mm-hmm. it's a living thing and it has basic needs. And if you can't meet them don't buy one yeah absolutely it's like a pet almost I mean not quite as much but you know I think if you I think by all means give them a go but if you've got kind of no intention of looking after them it seems cruel doesn't it exactly it's not a cushion or a lamp it's a living thing and it needs some care so if you don't have the time to care for a plant then I suggest maybe you just buy a poster of one instead (laughs) (laughs) I love that I love that that's brilliant yeah great so along the plant rescuer journey there's now a book as well which is amazing by the way it absolutely is that has that has gone down so well hasn't it i i hope so i mean I, so. Uh, I haven't heard the sales figures yet but i see it in lots of places so that's good and people people are, are kind of calling it the house plant bible which i love so yeah. obviously it's going down well 
which is great yeah and actually you know this this happened to me during lockdown I got approached by a publisher and mm. asked if I wanted to write a book so I really have to pinch myself because this doesn't happen to everybody I am so lucky that that yeah. actually Instagram you know has been such a, an amazing thing for me because without all these followers that would not have happened so I'm incredibly grateful to the platform actually yeah definitely I think you've done something really good with this book and I think I genuinely think that uh, the gardening books are brilliant and houseplant books are brilliant. But I think sometimes what they do is they read, particularly with houseplant books, and this, this maybe this is just me, but I don't think it is. I think they fail to really do a good job of explaining the basics really well, or or they assume that you know the basics and kind of gloss over them almost. But I think what you've done is you've been really, really clear on how far things should should be from the window but not 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 also that you've kind of done a really good job of explaining what um bright indirect light is because i think they're they're those kind of terms that are thrown around a lot that really kind of almost mean i mean bright and indirect are almost the opposite things and i think that's it's like explaining the offside rule isn't it in a way it kind of doesn't make a lot of sense but don't ask me to explain that please (laughs) i mean i i say that full well knowing that i couldn't explain it <laughs> but I think that's what you've you've done you've done a really good job of simply explaining it, but not in a patronizing way. Thank you. I appreciate that. I've tried not to um you know, there's there's lots of different ways to care for your plants, and I've tried not to just be like, this is my way and there's no other way, because that's that's just not the case. There's mm. not really many rights and wrongs when, in caring for plants, as you well know, with your own garden, you know, something that you do, I might think, oh, that wouldn't work. But, you know, something I do does work, you know what I mean? So mm. I've tried not to alienate people or make them feel bad about what they're doing, because I just think it's a big experiment and um, a learning curve, really. Yeah, oh, I think it's brilliant. Is there a... Um, the feedback is the feedback definitely has been has been good I feel like I've seen it everywhere and I don't know if that's just because I'm more conscious of gardening books but I feel like it's everywhere and it's such a nice book to look at as well just aesthetically it's really well put together thank you yeah I really love the design of it and the, the, I think maybe you see it everywhere because it stands out on the shelf because it's yellow yes. you know, because a lot of gardening books which I didn't want it to be I didn't want it to be green like mm. all the other gardening book so I did want something a bit bold and to stand out so maybe that's why it's noticeable yeah I, I know I when I go into shops I scan for it really quickly but I, and I can see it jumping out at me so yeah yeah, yeah. There, are, there are two books that I always see and I don't know if this is just me but it's yours and Ellen Mary's The Joy of Gardening and that is green oh, I but love for some Ellen Mary. Stand out. they're both such great books Ella Mary is lovely and her books are great as well yeah she's brilliant yeah, yeah. We, we share a similar ethos um, me and Ella Mary yeah uh, it's been a great year for um for gardening books definitely but it's been a great year for lots of things for you as well I mean Chelsea it'd be mad for us to not mention that this year just the uh, I suppose the growing unintentionally upon um houseplant section at Chelsea was fantastic this year and you were there with Ben who we mentioned earlier from Worcester Terrariums what were you for anyone that wasn't there I didn't see what were you doing uh so we were in the houseplant studios and my idea was to create a plants clinic which was basically a place to um help people care better for their plants and you know like you were saying I was setting things out in the book which are quite basic so I guess in the plant clinic I was trying to do that as well in a in a way that people could understand. I think 
we take for granted, for example, that you can plonk a cutting in water and it will grow roots. But there were so many people at Chelsea that were just, their minds were blown by that. Yeah. You know, we totally take that for granted. So yeah, so the plant clinic was just somewhere people could come in, they could chat about any houseplant problems, they could get their hands dirty and um, put their, their hands in different substrates because that's a really important thing if you're growing houseplants is to get the substrate right. We had a propagation area and we had Ben's terrariums. The whole idea was based around a spa for plants, basically. The propagation area was like the jacuzzi and the terrariums were like the steam room. And then we had the soil bar, which was just like a cocktail mix for your substrates, for your plants. So, um, yeah, it was a fantastic experience. And I, people say... Oh, and you know, you won this gold medal at Chelsea. And I had to pinch myself. I go, oh my gosh, we really did. That was crazy. What like, a year it's been. Yeah. What, wow. Like our first year there, second year houseplant studios have been there to get the gold was just unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, no. And I'm not going back. <laughs> that was only, my next question. It's only downhill from a gold, right? <laughs> I am not going back. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, you've got a good point there. I mean, it's it's it'll be interesting to see though how whether you're there or not, as to how houseplants evolve at Chelsea. Because I think there are things that uh kind of traditionally don't necessarily get shown at Chelsea. And I think there are things that have changed over the last few years so houseplants for example balcony gardens are getting more of a show at Chelsea um and these things are really important because I think what I think with houseplants at Chelsea is because traditionally it's a very it's a garden and flower show really it's not a houseplant show although it is moving towards a bit of that is that that's that is how some people garden some people don't have a garden and they choose to have only houseplants so it would be really bad for not for them to not show that do you do you envisage that getting bigger at Chelsea as the years go on I really hope it does because um as much as I loved being in the houseplant studios I do feel like we were a little bit out on the periphery of, mm. of the event uh, where the studios are it's actually kind of like a thoroughfare to where the food is food, so you yeah. kind of feel you're in a bit of um you're a bit out on a limb there mm. and I don't I feel we need to be embraced more into the main body of Chelsea so um, I, I have fed back to them about that. And I would really hope that perhaps we will see more houseplants in the Grand Pavilion. That would be great. And, and, and just more of us exhibiting, to be honest, because I think there was six studios. It's not enough. It's not enough. We need more representation. If you are interested in houseplants, I don't think you're going to pay the entrance fee for Chelsea just to see six houseplant studios if I'm honest no. so I really think they do need to you know make make it more of a, a main event definitely. definitely are there I just think literally just thinking this now as we're talking are there houseplant shows or are there or are they not like if you're a houseplant fan like where do you go to kind of get your fix of houseplants is there a, I mean there isn't a houseplant yeah. Chelsea but is that I wonder if there are houseplant shows well I mean, the closest I can think, but really it's sellers, is Green Rooms Market. Mm. Have you heard of that? Yeah, that's, I have it, yeah. That's like a lot of sellers getting together and you can go along and there's like 30 sellers under yeah. the same roof. That's kind of the most similar thing, but you're right. I don't really know of any. It's a shame. Yeah. I reckon if you were to, I mean, maybe not the NEC, but the, the, I'm sure if there was something, because you could, it's not just plants, it would be, you know grow light sellers substrate sellers and like all sorts of i think there's, there's a gap in the market there yeah mm -hmm. we should get together and talk adam okay let's talk after this 
<laughs> but I know you're more into your garden, right? Because I'm into both. We've yeah. talked before and you've said, sorry for shaming you here, you've said you really struggle with your houseplants. So. Yeah, I do. I know I've been quite open about it on Instagram. I don't know what that is. I feel as though for me, gardening is a, is, I won't say an escape, but is a reason to get out of the house almost. And I think that I'm a terrible houseplant parent because I think I've kind of got them and I do my best, but I don't fully, your book has helped, but I don't fully understand what I'm doing, really, if I'm honest. I've immersed myself in the garden, but in houseplants, I'm just not, I'm just not there yet. But I, I'm trying, I'm trying. Isn't it interesting because I am the opposite of you. I look yeah. at my garden, which is literally some scrappy bits of grass and not much else because... I have no clue what I'm doing in the garden. Isn't it interesting that we are usually indoor or outdoor, but there's very few of us that are both. You're right. I mean, there are a few that I see on Instagram, but essentially, I mean, it's really the same thing. You're growing something, but in a different place. You would think that there would be much more of a crossover. I don't know. It's funny, isn't it? It is funny. It is. So no Chelsea next year. We can we can cross that off. You've just released a book. What is on your list of things to to do next? What can we expect to see? Um, well, I am going to be a columnist for BBC Gardener's World magazine. Oh, that's, that's good. Exclusive. I'm not sure I could even say this. Yes, and actually the first the first issue is out in November. Oh, oh, that's so good. That's brilliant. I can't wait to see that. So I'm writing about flowering houseplants. Um, it's a six-part series, so it will be going through till the May issue so I'm really excited it's kind of like a dream come true and I have to pinch myself again at how lucky I am that this is happening you know it's just yeah what can I say dream come true yeah wonderful is there a is it a plant per issue or is it that that that's right plant per issue well actually it's a plant and kind of like a few others per issue as well yeah it's just about bringing how to bring because at this time of the year through winter and you know the darker months nothing much is happening in the garden so it's about how to bring a bit of color into your home so yeah. Yeah, i'm talking about uh, how to do that lovely yeah. oh. so it's got to that point of the podcast where i've got three burning garden questions for you um you can i'm scared about uh... these <laughs> I purposely don't let anyone know these because I think it's it's nice to get a kind of an immediate oh, reaction. So you can t- you can take this however you like. You can take this about garden or you can take this about house plants. It's it, it's totally up to you. Um, so the first one is, if you had to redesign your garden or house with only one type of plant, so you could have multiple varieties of that plant, um, which would it be? Okay, that is such an easy one for me. because if you see my Instagram you know I'm obsessed with cacti and succulents so I would just fill my house with cacti and succulents I just love them I think they are weird and wonderful and they are full of character and I just love them I'm obsessed and the older the more gnarly the better okay oh good I like that you had there was no doubt in your mind what that was was there no doubt yeah if I had to save a plant you know from my house that was burning down it would definitely be one of my big cacti wonderful so you can again you can adapt this to to house plants I need to think of another version of this question I think for for house plant guests actually but anyway if you could only ever garden using one tool ever again 
what would it be? So you could you can adapt that to house plants if you want to. Oh, definitely, my beloved scissors. I chop everything. That is the solution to most plant problems: is just to chop it back and let it regrow. So I would never be without my scissors. Okay. And the age-old question: If you had to impart one piece of wisdom on a new garden or a new houseplant owner, what would it be? Oh, it has to be give your plants more light than you think it needs. So. You know, we're told that, for example, uh, I don't know, a calathea is a plant for low light. Mm. Ignore that and give it the most amount of light you can give it in your house. Don't put it on a south facing window where it can get burnt. But other than that, give it the most amount of light, because actually the light in our homes is about 50 percent reduced than it is outside. So you need to give them a lot of light inside to let them thrive. Otherwise, you'll get all sorts of problems. You'll get pests, you'll get unhealthy plants. So light is key to healthy plants. You can find out more about Sarah and her hundreds of plants over on Instagram, where you'll find her at The Plant Rescuer. You can also find Sarah's book, The Plant Rescuer, in all good bookshops out now from Bloomsbury. And finally, Sarah's new column in Gardener's World starts in this month's edition, which is out on the 17th of November. Join me next week where I have yet another fantastic guest from the world of flowers, plants and blooms. You can follow me on Instagram at viewfromthepottingbench to find out who that might be, or sign up to my free newsletter to get an exclusive sneak peek before anyone else.